Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I've both been looking forward to and dreading this particular podcast because we're going to talk about one of the strangest, weirdest, most obscure things that I know about. And it's hard to describe. And I don't want to fuck it up. Now, I think if you listen to this and it makes sense and it's palatable to you, then I have done my job. And this may become the definitive podcast on this subject. It's a subject that, from one point of view, may seem silly and ridiculous. Uh, From another point of view, it may be the most astounding thing that you've ever, well heard of, been taught, you know, learned about, it could have huge implications for for your life and everybody's lives. So I'm talking about, of course, psychotronics. And if you don't know what that means, you're not alone. Very few people really know anything about that term, psychotronics. I'm going to tell you everything that I know about psychotronics and how to possibly make your own. I almost said how to make your own, but that honestly, that's a bit misleading (laughs) because there is still so much we don't know about psychotronics that the best we can do is experiment together and perhaps try to rediscover some things that may have once been discovered. So only an audience like you are a part of can keep up with something this weird so you're in for a treat I promise you that before I dig into it though a couple of updates for one thing indeed NASA's Mars rover 2020 perseverance has successfully launched it is on its way to Mars and it's really exciting because You know, this is the most sophisticated, expensive machine ever created in the history of humankind. And it is now heading off to the red planet where it will land sometime in February. And if all goes well, it's going to start collecting soil samples there, which will then be picked up and sent back to Earth uh, in some future missions. And we'll have a drone. Uh, typical little helicopter, you know, that will fly around there 90 seconds at a time, perhaps once a day, once every two days, and give us some incredible detailed images of the Martian surface. And so, you know, it's possible that when when these soil samples come back, which that's going to be probably another five or six years before we actually get them back, but it's possible that when they come back, that we will have some evidence of, of life on Mars, even if it was life in the past. But any example of life elsewhere is a big deal. And since that we're seeing some backpedaling right now on behalf of uh, some of the people related to the military, people like, of course, Senator Harry Reid and all that on the UFO announcement, who, I mean, who knows how that's going to turn out. But at least I do have confidence that if they find some evidence of of life at any point in in history on Mars, 
then uh, we'll know about it in five or six years if we don't destroy our whole damn planet by then. <laughs> oh, so, but that, but that's cool. And I want to thank my friend Corby Waste once again for giving me that wonderful opportunity to see the Mars 2020 rover before it was launched off. And uh, I got to be one of the, the last human beings to, to lay eyes on that thing. Uh, secondly, I also want you to know that, of course, I was interviewed this week by my buddy, the mysterious Tom Vrilock, who has a great podcast, and so he interviewed me for almost two hours, and we got into some subjects that I don't usually talk about. I mean, yes, we got into some of the typical stuff, but then, you know, he also, uh, he took me into some controversial territory as well, you know, asked my opinion on wearing masks, for example, and that kind of thing. And so um, if you go to my Twitter page at Joshua P. Warren, uh, you can find a link to that. It's also uh, on Facebook. If you're a Facebook uh, person on the uh, Joshua P. Warren Daily Podcast Facebook page, but give that a listen. It's easy, it's free, and you'll hear me and Vrilock talk about all kinds of crazy shit for two hours. So thank you, Tom, for uh, such a fun time. All right, here we go, folks. Okay, psychotronics. Well, first off, here is sort of um, something you need to keep in mind. You often hear these three terms sort of tossed around psionics and radionics and psychotronics and nobody seems to be exactly clear on what those terms mean so let me tell you what I mean by those and what I think they really mean okay psionics is a very general term and it really is a description of how mind and matter interact in order to manifest okay so if you want to manifest something in the material world and you are working on that by focusing your thoughts in a certain way I think that is generally psionics so that's a big umbrella that covers just about all of it you know psionics is basically magic really it's it's a more technical term for, for magical thinking radionics is a particular type of psionics and that's a type of psionics that uses machines with these bizarre circuits and dials and input plates and output plates it's a certain method uh, it's a certain form of psionics now psychotronics is it's also a type of psionics but it is a really really interesting and very satisfying concept because psychotronics is a type of psionics in which you convert your mental power into mechanical physical effects quickly okay we're talking about within minutes sometimes instantly but within minutes this is more of what people usually mean generically when they talk about telekinesis. It's like using the force in the Star Wars movies. When you go, I want that object to to fly off the wall, and you go, oof, you know, I want the remote control, I want a beer. That 
is is, is the closest um, illustration, dra- dramatized illustration of what we're talking about with psychotronics. Psychotronics are really devices that are made in order to harness your mental power and then release it in a way that transduces it into a mechanical physical effect so again just to recap psionics is how mind and matter interact in order to manifest it's the most general thing radionics is a particular type of psionics which uses machines that have circuits and dials and input plates and output plates and psychotronics is a particular type of psionics in which you convert your mental power into mechanical effects all right so now that you've sort of got that let's move on to what i'm really digging into here the mystery of psychotronics now i first heard the word psychotronics 28 years ago this was in 1992 i was watching this wonderful documentary on abc it was they they used to have a show called abc world of discovery in which they featured various unusual topics and this particular one was called powers of the russian psychics you can find information uh, about this on imdb and uh, you can even order a dvd of this program which is what i did recently and just i watched it again and loved it just as much as i did 28 years ago in this show they talk about that period of time when we were in you know seriously involved in, in a cold war the usa and the Soviet Union were involved in a Cold War. And we're talking about that period of time when James Bond was in paradise. And so, you know, this is this is something that was it's it, the the Cold War the USA had with the Soviet Union at, at that time um was really just sort of unfinished business from World War II. And so anyway, Uh, During the Cold War, there was a lot of uh, creative thinking happening, both here in the USA and in Russia, about any possible way to gain an edge on the enemy that did not involve direct combat. It's like the Russians did not want to come over here and physically attack us and we didn't want to go over there and physically attack them so we were trying to figure out every way we could hurt each other without getting involved in physical combat very similar by the way to what's happening right now between the united states and china it's a it's sort of a like we're, we're basically sort of in a cold war with china is what's sort of happening right now for the most part this is going to be a lot more complicated though since they make half of the shit that we have (laughs) but anyway um getting back to the point here during that period of time everybody was looking for a way to win without uh going directly into physical war and even though yes that's when the usa 
was doing a lot of psychic experimentation. They were doing remote viewing. That's where the men who stare at goats stuff, all that comes from. But the Russians have a far more open mind to this kind of paranormal strangeness. And they were, were really putting a lot more uh, focus into that kind of research. And so they started studying psychics. And in this documentary um, that I was uh, talking about, uh, they, they spend a lot of time uh, with uh, some people who were renowned Russian psychics like Nina Kulagina, uh, Alla Vinogradova, uh, oh, no, Alla, me, Alla Vinogravida, I guess that's what you say. Anyway, but anyway, uh, so uh, these were studies that were done on people who supposedly were psychics. Now, these people have, um, well, they're controversial to this day. You have a lot of people who say these were obvious frauds they were using tricks you know you have your amazing randy types out there who say give me a break you know and then you have a lot of very credible people who say that these psychics were studied by a lot of scientists at the time in russia who were reputable scientists and who said they were actually doing some amazing stuff so who knows that's kind of neither here nor there as you're watching the documentary though they bring up psychotronic generators and before i get specific about what these are i'm just going to sort of put down my notes here and tell you off the top of my head sort of what i think of as as a psychotronic generator so there was this man who lived in czechoslovakia and Czechoslovakia was part of the Soviet bloc uh, from 1948 until 1990. I think in 1993 that all changed and now they call it the Czech Republic and Slovakia. But anyway, at that time, basically, uh, you know, between 1948 and 1990, Czechoslovakia was, was pretty much all controlled by Russia. And there was a man who lived there, who was a researcher, an engineer, and his name was Robert Pavlita. And Pavlita, he, he died in 1991. And especially during the 1960s and 70s, he became infatuated with studying alchemy texts. And he supposedly didn't really know that much about like uh, pop culture, mysticism, or uh, psychic stuff. He just started studying like ancient alchemy texts from Russia and from Europe in general. And he felt that there was something important about the shapes that were being used in alchemy and the types of materials that were being used and so he started reproducing some of these shapes with different types of materials into little models. Uh, and that combined with just his trial and error experiments led him to create a variety of little machines 
that you could supposedly focus your intention upon and either make them move instantly or store up your your energy and then uh, discharge it at a certain time to create a more or less positive or negative effect on another organism and these are what we call psychotronic generators and I could tell you a, a little bit more about like who he is and how all this came together but that that is sort of again my uh, just off the top of my head description of what a psychotronic generator is so that said let me read to you some stuff that has been published that's a little bit more specific and definitive uh, for example here is an article from the website Higgy Pop and it talks about psychotronics and it says during the Cold War many Soviet scientists agreed that psychic energy was a measurable force and they developed devices to harness and amplify psychic power their research became known as psychotronics Czech researcher Robert Pavlita started to develop devices which he called psychotronic generators instruments that were designed to capture a human's mental or biological energy store it like a psychic battery and then release it on command either mechanically or electromagnetically psychotronic generators are able to store positive as well as negative energy and it's believed that when the energy is redistributed from the device it can affect a whole group of people it can affect a person's psyche memory or attention span it can cause physical fatigue disorientation and even alter a person's behavior the aim of these devices was to weaponize them and in a defense intelligence agency report from 1975 it seemed the United States were taking the possibility of psychotronic weapons seriously as were the Soviets who were said to be planning psi warfare the report states that Pavlita's device was able to kill flies when they were quote placed in the gap of a circular generator they died instantly end quote and that Pavlita's daughter had become dizzy when the device was pointed at her from a distance of several yards the most sinister of these claims was that the Soviets had developed a fault amplifying device which was capable of sending negative energy to the US president according to reports the CIA learned that the Soviets were using powerful psychotronic generators to send harmful fault transmissions directed at the US Embassy in Moscow as well as major US cities including Washington DC around the world there are hundreds of people who claim they are the targets of this kind of psychotronic torture or electronic harassment victims claim they are being targeted by government agents such as the KGB and FBI they go on to say according to advocates of psychotronics 
the reasons we're not all going around moving objects objects with our mind is because humans lack a positive biotronic field the energy field that links all matter a user can transfer their mental energy by streaming it from their eyes into a psychotronic generator the generator then stores the energy but on demand it can release that energy in the form of a biotronic field it's these fields which can interact with the world around them either mechanically and form of moving objects I think that's a grammatically incorrect sentence but anyway it goes on to say the generator amplifies the user's thought and matches it to the targets vibrations and then it also says what's important is the shape of the device in Pavlita's experiments he based his designs on the symbols used in alchemy like the Egyptian Ankh icon he experimented with creating these shapes using different combinations of materials what he found was uh, the right let's see no, I'm sorry when he found the right combinations the device had the right biological rhythm to draw in psychic energy from the human mind alright so that's from higgypop.com now that's a, that, that's actually a, a, a good overview which is why I read it to you and these things look bizarro okay uh, it, it, you, you can take cones and balls and arcs of things and you know pyramids and squares and you can kind of glue them together in all these different combinations with different materials and this is what some kind of psychotronic generator looks like. I'm going to tell you, by the way, shortly how you can go and take a, a good look at um, some psychotronic generators. I, I, I put together a little video for you, as a matter of fact. But now this may all sound like a bunch of bullshit to you. But there is a very esteemed psychologist and parapsychologist named Stanley Krippner, Dr. Stanley Krippner, who, he's a legend. He is an absolute legend when it comes to investigating the strange and mysterious. He is, he's an American, and he was able to go over there uh, to Russia and study this stuff back in the 60s and 70s and then he got invited to Robert Pavlita the guy again Pavlita is the guy who invented this thing we call psychotronics he got invited to go to Pavlita's house and have dinner with Pavlita and his family and then Robert Pavlita broke out all these devices and demonstrated them for Dr. Stanley Krippner. And so Krippner came back here to the U.S. and said, guys, you know, as a civilian, let me tell you, this is real. Like, this is not bullshit. And here is an article 
that Stanley Krippner wrote about his experience as an American going to Robert Pavlita's house that night. Now, that's one of to me that's one of those things like if I had a time machine, I would, you know, I'd like to go back and be a part of that night. So Dr. Stanley Krippner wrote in 1973 during the first International Conference on Psychotronic Research, I met Robert Pavlita, a most enigmatic man. The controversial Czech inventor is the designer of the so-called psychotronic generator, a device for storing and applying biological energy. So he goes on to say that he was privileged to get this invitation to go to Pavlita's house. And he said, we were given a hospitable greeting by Pavlita and his family. Within a short time, he produced several of his devices and told us something of their history. Pavlita had been building psychotronic generators for more than 35 years. How did he become interested in generators? Well, he studied alchemy books. And parentheses, Czechoslovakia has always been a center for the study of alchemy. There is a whole street in Prague where alchemists used to live. Goes on to say the shape of the items that the alchemists used was very intriguing to Pavlita. What he did was to put together various materials of different shape by trial and error. From this, he found that there were three components of the psychotronic generators similar to those that the alchemists used. Are you ready for this, folks? Here are the three keys to the psychotronic generator. Number one is the shape of the device. Two, the material from which it is made and three and they say the most important is the biological rhythm and that means the means for getting the biological energy from the living organisms into the device so in other words it's a rhythmic thing so staring for example, might not be the way to go because that's not rhythmic. It's staring with a rhythm, perhaps. Uh, he goes on to say, Pavlita stated that energy he discovered, uh, uh, let's see here, he discovered the body's biological energy field acts electromagnetically in some experiments, electrostatically in some experiments, and in still other experiments, it acts in ways that defy either an electromagnetic or electrostatic explanation. Um, he also mentioned, Stanley Krippner says, he, you know, Pavlita is not familiar with acupuncture, bioenergetic therapy, dowsing, structural integration, or any of the other procedures that most parapsychologists know about and would naturally correlate with his work he has just gone very deeply into one specific area 
and claims to have devised principles and laws by which he has produced these various devices. So anyway, they go on to uh, experiment And he, and, and he gives a lot of these examples. I'm going to post a link, by the way, to this article so you can read all these experiments on your own. Um, he said, Stanley Krippner, we began to experience the most provocative part of Pavlita's work when we saw the very small and innocuous-looking devices he uses. One appears to be a magician's wand a small rod with a ball on the end. This was a generator that he claimed to be able to take into a distant part of his house to work on for an hour. He then would place the generator in a room where flies were feeding on rotten fruit. He would aim the generator toward the flies and within a few minutes they would start to drop dead. Or so he attested. Now what's interesting is I don't have any more description of this wand but usually if you had a wand with a ball on the end we would think well uh, you're going to hold on to the end that has the ball right but it, because of how it's worded it said he had a rod with a ball on the end so I'm thinking it's the opposite even though that's unbalanced you're probably holding on to the lighter end when you have a ball on the opposite end. That's that's my interpretation of this. Uh, let's see. In the early days of his work, he said he and his daughter were working on one of these experimental generators when suddenly her arm became paralyzed. They couldn't decide what to do. If they had taken her to a doctor, Pavlita thought, they would have said it was psychosomatic. What Pavlita did was to work around the clock for three days, inventing another generator that restored natural movement to her arm again. See, this is some weird stuff. So anyway, uh, in this article, Krippner um, talks about other demonstrations, and I'm not going to read all of this to you, but I'll just read like the first one to you. Uh, this is called Demonstration 1. Pavlita placed a compass directly in front of him on a table. He placed a psychotronic generator between himself and the compass. This generator consisted of a still rectangle covered by a cone. Now think about that. A still rectangle covered by a cone. After lifting off the cone and setting it aside, Pavlita passed the rectangular generator over the compass. The compass needle was not affected. Pavlita then began to touch the generator to his right temporal lobe. We're talking about his right temple. Holding it in his hand and making the contact with his head in a rhythmical manner. He explained he was, quote, completing a circuit of human biological energy, thus permitting the generator to store the energy. After about two minutes, Pavlita held the generator over the compass. The needle moved 
5 degrees from north to south. Pavlita then removed Okay, now th this is this is a little bit hard to describe because there's a Czech interpretation or translation here, but basically, um, you get the point that th these these shapes were not doing shit to the compass, right? But then he takes some of these shapes and he puts them up to his his temple and spends a couple of minutes like rhythmically moving them around his right temple and then he puts it down and it makes the compass needle move now there are let's see that was demonstration one they have here demonstration two three four five six seven eight nine ten there's ten demonstrations and then also information about how this infects uh, excuse me how this affects insects plants etc how it can you know positive and negative things can happen so I will post a link to this article so you can read it for yourself and I actually made a device that I'm going to tell you about here in a minute but listen to this as I was doing research for this article I got on to Google and I just did a search for the name Robert Pavlita, P-A-V-L-I-T-A. And guess what came up? One of the top results that came back was from CIA.gov. <laughs> now, how, how often does that happen, right? When you do a search for something and a document pops up from CIA.gov. And it is a declassified document from September of 1975. And I'm looking at it right now. It's a PDF. I quickly printed it out. <laughs> and it says uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. There's a seal here from the Department of Defense and a seal from the Defense Intelligence Agency. And this is of the United States of America. And it says Soviet and Czechoslovakian parapsychology research. Now, can you imagine if you were working for the government in 1975 and you got this document in front of you? <laughs> oh, put on a pot of coffee. This is going to be a good one, right? Defense Intelligence Agency, Soviet and Czechoslovakian Parapsychology Research. I'm going to put up a link to this for you as well, and I suggest that you download it and if you're into this and, and print it out. It says, this is very interesting, prepared by U.S. Army Medical Intelligence and Information Agency, Office of the Surgeon General. And... Now, what's funny is that you can tell this is a much bigger report, but they've only released eight pages of it. I mean, for example, the first page appears to be page, like, 33. <laughs> so, anyway, but it says, uh, Psychotronic Generator Research, 
Psychotronic generators, also called Pavlita generators after the inventor, are small devices said to be capable of drawing biological energy from humans. The energy is accumulated and stored for future use. Once charged with human energy, the generators can do some of the things a psychic subject can do, but according to the inventor, Robert Pavlita, can be charged by individuals possessing no psychic ability. So let me pause here. And essentially what they're saying in this CIA report is that, hey, if you're a psychic, you can do all this crazy shit. But if you're not a psychic, all you need is a generator. And if you have one of these generators, then it can sort of build up, you know, store your normal person energy and then release it in a psychic burst, similar to what a psychic can do naturally. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you might not be able to play the piano today, but you just hit a note a few times every day and store it up and then you release it and suddenly, you know, you're playing Mozart here. I don't know. Maybe that's a shitty analogy. But anyway, it goes on to say, uh, now this is, again, a government CIA document. The concept of man as a source of unusual energy dates back at least as far as ancient Chinese and Hindu teachings in which it was called vital energy or prana. Between the 18th and 20th centuries it was called various things animal magnetism, odic force, motor force, inrays, etheric force, etc. by rediscoverers of its existence. In contemporary Soviet and Czechoslovakian parapsychology, this energy is called bioplasmic or psychotronic energy. The Czechoslovakian rediscovery of biological energy is credited to Robert Pavlita, an inventor and businessman from Prague who began work on his devices over 30 years ago. Listen to this next part. And, and, and again, isn't this wild to think, like, if, if you don't think the government is interested in paranormal stuff, like, sometimes people say that I'm just being paranoid or whatever because I say men in black are roaming around my life and, you know, doing shit like that. I'm telling you, <laughs> here is evidence for you. Uh, they still do that, especially when you're snooping around places like Area 51. And I don't blame them. They do it because they're smart. Anyway, it says here, some representative examples of Pavlita generators are shown in figures three through seven, which are not included. But this is a very interesting point. It says next, no details of their construction have ever been made available to Western observers. Let me repeat that. It says, no details of their construction have ever been made available to Western observers, possibly because Pavlita eventually seeks uh, plans to seek foreign patents. It has been reported, however, that the devices are fabricated from various metals, steel, bronze, copper, iron, and gold and that their effects are a result of their form. 
So everything involved has to be conductive, at least. And then, so it's like you take conductive things and you form them a certain way. Uh, like I say, you can read this whole you know CIA document if you go to my Twitter page at Joshua P. Warren. Uh, you don't have to sign up for Twitter or anything. Just go to Twitter. Uh, just If you just probably do a search on Google or whatever for Twitter, Joshua P. Warren, it'll take you to my Twitter page and you can scroll and you can look at all my links to stuff. But anyway, on page, uh, on the sixth page of this particular PDF, uh, which actually is page 59 of the original report, it says, in summary, that's always, like if you only have to read one thing, right, you're going to go to, in summary, it should be pointed out that Soviet parapsychologists continue to face problems similar to those of their Western counterparts and that observed phenomena are unstable and there is low probability of proving them in controlled tests under selected conditions. Soviet critics of the science have been quick to seize on these two characteristics in order to categorically reject many of the phenomena and they have belittled some forms of such manifestations by contending that the conditions under which tests have been conducted have not been adequate to preclude fraud. This is kind of a crappy document uh, in terms of uh, visibility, but it says, in view of this situation, the Soviets will continue to investigate methodology since they feel it absolutely necessary to quantify observed phenomena. Although, although they have not yet done so, the Soviets may very well be the first to identify the field forces involved and the means by which they are generated due to their concentration on the mechanisms and energetics involved. How cool is that? <laughs> okay, this is some real X-File stuff right there. And you might say, well, you know, come on, Josh. Why would they have declassified that document if this all wasn't a bunch of bullshit? All right, perfectly reasonable, logical question. Well, here is why. Because Americans, in particular, want instant gratification. If we're going to war, pick up a gun, pull the trigger, boom, you're dead. Fly over an airplane, drop a bomb, boom, you're dead. Okay, We are into the physical dimension. This does not provide the instant gratification. This is more of a long-term strategy about how to change a tidal wave of energy, whether you're doing it in your house or for your country. And that is more uh, about, you know, that, that's more of, of what magical thinking is about. You know, time is your friend. Because when you're trying to, to move a mountain you can't do it overnight. I mean, it takes time. You can move a mountain, 
uh, but it not like that. And Americans want instant gratification. That's why we say we invented fast food. You know, give it to me now. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. So we are more focused on pulling that trigger, dropping that bomb, you know, whatever we have to do, like, let's just get this shit done. Boom. It's over with. And that rash thinking is, um, I mean, it's kind of like the gunslinger philosophy. I, I remember when I... I've read all these books about some of the Old West gunslingers, like I think it was Wild Bill Hickok, who basically said, the key to winning a gunfight is not being the fastest or whatever. He said, it's about making up your mind, I'm going to do this, and just doing it. That, that basically, when it comes right down to the moment when you have to pull your gun out and shoot somebody, there is this instinct that most people have that sort of holds them back and makes them not want to pull the trigger. Uh, and even if they do it, that instinct still kind of warps their their movement and, and you know, and it, it, it just kind of fucks them up, you know? But if you're just like, I've made the decision, I'm going to do this, and now I'm going to fulfill that, boom! That decisiveness exemplifies the American philosophy. We say, we're going to do this, and we do it. It's like when the U.S. bombed Iraq. And you know, I remember watching one of these interviews where Saddam Hussein was sitting there, and he had this big shit-eating grin on his face, and, and, and the reporter was like, you realize that the president is about to uh, come invade your country, if you know, don't you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. And I'm sitting there, and, I, and I, was ha- I had a buddy over, and I was like, does this guy realize <laughs> like, that we're not fucking around? Like, the president is actually going to come and do this. He didn't get it. Okay, some These other countries don't get it. Because they're not used to what we do, which is instant gratification. We say we're going to do something, and next thing you know, whether it's reckless or rash or whatever, you know, we do it. So in the Cold War, the U.S. was not really interested in this approach and this strategy as much as the Russians were because the U.S. said well you know this, this, this is just too much shit it, it takes too much time it's too long it's well, whatever give me a gun give me a bullet you know give me a plane give me a bomb and that's why I think the U.S. has never paid a lot of attention to the long-term strategies of energy manipulation that the Eastern world has paid attention to. And it's coming back to bite the Western world right now. And that is because, as I told you, I think that we are under an attack from globalists. And we won't get into that right yet on this particular podcast. But I think a lot of these globalists have have studied that Eastern philosophy of how do you boil a frog? You boil it slowly you know, so it doesn't jump out of the pan. And this is why that probably this kind of information was not taken as seriously as it should have been taken. So anyway, 
That said, I don't have any more information uh, than I've given you about exactly how a psychotronic generator works. And uh, I think, uh, as they put very appropriately in this uh, CIA document, it says here, um, no details of their construction have ever been made available to Western observers. So i got to be honest with you, I don't have any more information than that. So what I have done is I have taken footage of these generators and stills from that footage and I have tried to create things in my own little kitchen here <laughs> that look like that like okay I know everything has to be metal basically at least I know that it has to be conductive and I know shapes are important so what I did was I, I got some basically big pie pans because they're easy to work with and just you know experiment with and cut up and everything they use them for camping i got them off of amazon i got some like big like you know uh thick pie pans and i got some metal cigar tubes you know aluminum cigar tubes that i could cut up and some ball bearings and stuff and i put together something that looks roughly like what I see in one of these videos, uh, one of these film clips, in which there is a a wheel that is spinning when the observer is directing his attention toward the device. Now, granted, you can take one of these wheels and play around with it without all the accoutrement. For example, uh, what I like to do is take a something like a pencil eraser and a needle and shove it through shove the needle through the eraser so that it's sitting there in a nice stable vertical position and then take a piece of paper could be printer paper could be something more lightweight like wax paper or tracing paper and cut out a square that's maybe four inches by four inches or five inches by five inches or six inches by six inches and once you have that square of paper you fold it um, one corner to the opposite corner and then you unfold it and then you fold it the other one corner to the opposite corner and unfold it and it kind of makes a pyramid shape and then you set that little pyramid on top of the needle point so that you have a little nice lightweight thing that spins around easily you know you can breathe in the air and it'll spin around and so sometimes you might even put a glass over it to cut out air but anyway this is a very basic type of uh, pinwheel that you can use to practice telekinesis and so you can sit there and you can put your hands around it in different different ways and you can try to see if you can move this thing or make it stop moving or move it clockwise or counterclockwise and then there is this more well-made more sensitive thing that comes from Hungary called an elegy wheel and the elegy wheel is um, it's the same thing basically but again it's just a more compact professionally made more sensitive version of that and so 
what I did was I, I and, and to, to fully understand this, you've got to go watch the video. It's not long. It's a short little video I put together. And, and you'll see some of the clips from the Russian psychotronics work. And you'll see the particular psychotronic generator that I tried to duplicate to some degree where I took my pie pans and I cut them up in a certain way and I used the, uh, the cigar tube and the ball bearing and the wheel and put it on there. And the thing is, honestly, to me, I look at it and I think this is probably more of a prop <laughs> than an actual psychotronic generator because uh, I don't know what all was involved in those psychotronic generators. It's still a mystery. But at least this is a starting point. At least this is a starting point. And so you can kind of see where I am playing around with, okay, what happens if we start trying to do what Pavlita was doing? What Stanley Krippner was convinced was real? You know, coming back, giving us this message as an American. Um, so I hope that you will watch this little video again if you go to my Twitter page at Joshua P. Warren I hope you'll watch this video you'll see the original footage and you'll see the stuff that I've been just playing around with and you might say okay I'm going to take that and the other information that I've gotten here and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to create a psychotronic generator and maybe we can sort of help each other rediscover this and, and if somebody gets a design that really works and kicks ass, I hope I'm the first person you tell about it. And then we'll figure out, you know, how to use this for the betterment of, of humankind. And uh, so go look at that. However, however, I know there are some of you listening to this podcast who are going to say, you know what, that sounds great. I can't wait to see this video and I can't wait to see what other people who listen to Joshua's podcast produce here, but I have no interest in sitting down trying to create dick, okay? I understand that, but listen to this. Now, this is going to get your attention, I think. While I was doing research on this subject... I came across what is called a psychotronic pattern. Now, this is something I'm very familiar with as a guy who deals with radionics and sigils and all that. This is a pattern that you look at and whatever you project into the pattern is supposedly going to emit into reality and manifest now I've been playing around with this pattern it's actually very similar to some other patterns that I've worked with for example if you have my wishing machine workbook which you can find at if you go to joshuapwarren.com for like $9.95 you can get um, a number of my books as PDFs instantly anywhere in the world and one of them is the wishing machine workbook and it has a pattern in there that's very, very powerful. This is a similar type of thing. This is a pattern that I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how to go get it for free. And you can either 
look at it on your computer screen but the best thing to do is to print it out and put what you want in the middle of this pattern doesn't matter what it is okay doesn't matter what it is you print it out whatever you want to manifest uh, you put it represented in the middle and you know if nothing else you can just put a picture uh, of what you want or write a note or you know just simple stuff you put it in the middle of this pattern and the pattern actually is an optical illusion which is I think is wonderful because it you can actually sense all this motion around it I know that sounds really weird just listening to me talk about it if you want to get this pattern for free uh, all you have to do it's very very simple go to joshuapwarren.com you better write this down make a note of it right now you you have why wouldn't you try this out okay go to joshuapwarren.com click the link to the curiosity shop when you do that you scroll down the page yes i'm going to make you look at my curiosity shop that's why i'm a good businessman okay you're going to scroll down that page and somewhere toward the bottom of the page you're going to find for now i'm not going to keep this up for very long um you're going to find this pattern as soon as you see it you'll be like oh yeah i understand what he's talking about save that thing to your 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 phone your computer your tab whatever device you're using and or print it out and you can either focus if you have a good imagination you can focus what you want onto the middle of that thing or you can represent what you want as a note or a picture or you know just like any any other type of manifestation and put it on the middle of that thing and give it a few days and if your manifestation comes true I want to hear about it I really do but I'm not going to keep this up there for very long so I hope you'll go there to joshuapwarren.com click the link to the curiosity shop find this radionics pattern that they actually the this this was I found this freely available I did not create this but it was freely available so I've simply put it there for you freely available uh, they call it a psychotronic manifestation pattern it's an experiment try it out let me know what happens also when you're there you're going to see a link there because I'm giving you something cool for free it's kind of like you know how Crystal in California said Josh you know you're always giving us interesting tips I want to give something back to you in the audience and she gave us her manifestation tip about like think of well this is going to turn out um, you know better than expected well I'm giving you this for free to experiment with so I want you to do me a favor right next to it there's a link there to votehauntedashville.com now as you know I own the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours in Asheville North Carolina and I've had this business for over 20 years I have a fantastic staff and I really do believe it is the best ghost tour in the USA and we are now nominated by USA Today which is a part of Gannett 
which is the largest newspaper publisher in the USA, for this, what is the best ghost tour in the USA? And I really, really hope that you will go there and it, it just hit that blue button that says vote for Haunted Asheville. Uh, you don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to subscribe. You just hit the button that says vote. Right now, there are 20 nominees and Haunted Asheville is number one of 20. But the thing is, this contest goes on till August 24th. So we're just getting started. And you can vote once every 24 hours. And you can vote from different devices. Like you could vote once on your laptop, once on your phone. You might even be able to vote again from a different browser. I don't know. But every 24 hours, if you hit that vote button, that comes to my tour. And I said, I want to make everybody excited about this. So here's what I did. I took a wishing machine and I set it so that every single time you're allowed to vote and you hit that vote button, something lucky is going to happen for you. So you basically have like 25 opportunities for like 25 lucky things to happen to you. So you'll see the link there next to the psychotronic pattern, or you can just go to votehauntedashville.com. Asheville has an E in the middle, so it's A-S-H-E-V-I-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Go to votehauntedashville.com every 24 hours on all your devices and all your browsers. Hit that button because after August 24th, if we hold that number one spot, then we are going to be the number one best ghost tour in the USA. And so I, I think that I think we deserve it and I want that to happen. And I'm counting on you to come through for me and do that. So just go to votehauntedashfield.com and I know that some people in certain parts of the world can't access it. At first I thought everybody in the world could do it but some people in some places are getting a message saying this is not available for you so that sucks but if you can do it please do that. Now next thing I want to tell you about I've been getting questions about the red light therapy podcast uh, that I did a while back where I and I was talking about this book that I read saying if you expose yourself to certain types of red light then it may improve your health and so let me give you an update on that now for one thing I don't usually talk about health matters because I'm not a doctor and you know I, I'm in no position to give you any kind of medical expertise or medical information so just bear that in mind all I can give you is my personal opinion I'll tell you that I have been since I did that podcast every single time I go to take a shower um, I have two red lights I have a big red light that I'll put on in the bathroom which is a, like a, a light they use for growing plants which one of my uh uh, supporters, one of my fans, one of my buddies here named Bill told me he got one. I said, you know what, I'm going to try that as well. So I, I got one of these and, and so my whole bathroom is full of red light and then when I get in the shower 
I actually have this other red flashlight that I bought that's a waterproof flashlight so that's my red light time whenever I take a shower and I take if I can I take a long shower I shower for you know like I'm in there and I'm there for an hour or whatever hour or two to be honest with you and so I'm getting exposed to a lot of red light now I am not super unhealthy but I'm definitely not super healthy you know what I'm saying like uh, I'm, I'm middle-aged I should lose 10 or 15 pounds I mean probably 15 actually maybe not quite 15 but honestly I'd probably be at my perfect weight I'm 6'2 so if I was like 200 I think I'd, I'm always fine when I'm at 200 so right now I'm like 213 um, I ferment my own wine and yes I drink it uh, I am from North Carolina, the tobacco state, and I will occasionally smoke a cigarette. Uh, I don't have a big sweet tooth, but if there is a dessert, I will happily participate. I never truly exercise, you know, like I don't go to the gym and all that stuff. I do like to take walks. I think that's important. I just enjoy it, and it's also good exercise. Uh, sometimes I will do sit-ups and push-ups here and there. Uh, my family has a history of high blood pressure and cholesterol, so I keep a close eye on that. Uh, I also, I do go to doctors on a regular basis. I go to my general doctor and get my labs done every three or four months. Uh, I go to the dentist twice a year for uh, cleaning. I go to the eye doctor, all that stuff on a regular basis. Uh, my philosophy is I'd rather pay money to prevent something from happening then have to deal with the money and suffering after it's already happened. So, you know, I'm talking about preventative care, I guess. And yet I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? So I'm giving you that because it's, if I'm going to tell you, in, in, in my opinion, what has happened to me with the red light therapy is, so far, everything's great. Okay, all my lab results are good. I feel good. I actually feel better since I've been doing it um, I've gotten a handful of emails from people who and, the, and they've all been positive but I guess that's to be expected I guess if nothing happens then you're probably not going to email and say nothing happened it, it's, it's kind of um, tricky though isn't it to sort of figure out um, what is working for you because we're all in this situation where you know I'm, I'm assuming you're taking vitamins you take supplements and you know so it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out the cause and effect of, of what's working and what's not but feel free if you've been using red light therapy and you feel good and everything's going well for you feel free to email me and tell me about it but my update for you personally is that I have been doing this just like I said and I feel good okay for a guy who doesn't go out there and you know work out and eat right all the time and all that kind of thing like you know middle-aged dude I feel good so hey I'm gonna keep doing it let's put it that way that's my review at this point <laughs> so I am going to be leaving a podcast for you soon in which we are going to talk about our next stage in our Jedi 
fight against coronavirus fear and globalism and all the destruction that we're dealing with. And and this is an important time. You know, the U.S. election is coming up here in about three months. And I really believe that a lot of the madness we're seeing right now comes from people who are um, abusing and politicizing all this coronavirus stuff. Uh, and, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, obviously, people are getting sick out there. But there are some people who want more sickness. They want people to be sick. And then there are people who don't want people to be sick. And I know if you're like me and any reasonable good person, you don't want people to be sick. And so the people who want people to be sick are actually the sick people. They're sick in the head. But there are people out there who want to see the civilized countries of the world descend into chaos so that they can be dominated. And so the next three months leading up to the U.S. election is going to be incredibly tumultuous. I don't even want to think about the dirty tricks that these politicians are going to be playing. But we cannot allow our minds to be wrapped up in that. We have to stay focused on our magical practices. Right now, if you've been keeping up with this podcast, you should have some version of manifestation in your house right now that represents the evil of Legion, the demonic power of Legion. And you should be every single day directing just nothing but destruction from your mind onto that. Now, this is not the same thing as black magic. Black magic is when you decide you're just going to go out and you're just going to go medieval on somebody's ass, right? This is self-defense. This is when you have somebody who's using black magic on you, which is what we're dealing with, and you're trying to fight back. So keep punching that darkness into the teeth. You know, punch it in the teeth, punch it back into, you know submission, destroy it, fragment it, vaporize it, nuke the damn thing. You got to keep fighting it. But soon we're going to go into the next stage in our defense. And I'm going to be telling you what that is. So be sure you stay tuned to this program. Also, I have a nice surprise in the works for you. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, I think you're really going to like this surprise if it works out well. I'm going to be unveiling this particular surprise for you, if all goes well, sometime next week. All right? So, (laughs) I told you this was going to be a weird one. And, you know, hey, if I fucked it up and this didn't make sense to you and it would just seem like, you know, all over the place, sorry, I tried. You try to do a podcast about psychotronics, and let's see if you do a better job, right? It's a weird topic, but in the meantime, here's what I want to leave you with. Once again, it's very important to me, 
I want you to go to votehauntedashville.com. It takes you two seconds. Hit that vote button. Do it every 24 hours. And please tell all your friends and family to do it. Do that for me as a favor, please. If you like me, do it as a solid. And keep doing it. And we'll do it for a month. Okay, We'll do it every day for a damn month. Because every time you do it, I promise you something lucky is going to happen to you. I want you to tell everybody you know about this podcast. If you like it, why would you not share it with other people? Tell everybody about it. Forward it. Tweet it. You know, share it. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. If you go to my website, joshuapwarren.com, and you sign up for my free e-newsletter there, I can keep you updated in an instant uh, I sit down, I write emails with my own fingers, typos and all. You'll get my emails and all the weird shit that's going on in my world. And I'm telling you, so one of these days, I'll probably send an, a, 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 an e-newsletter out. And then I'll be like dead five hours later. And people will be like, wow, good thing you got that e-newsletter out there before they killed him, right? <laughs> so add me to your contact list. And, uh, and and subscribe to the e-newsletter. Go to the Curiosity Shop. We're almost sold out right now of some things. It's getting really hard to get resupplied right now because of all this COVID-19 stuff. Uh, so check out everything there at the Curiosity Shop. But most importantly, please click the link there on the homepage to this podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It is always short it's always free it's commercial free it's uncensored and listen to this it is independent 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 okay there you're not going to find any much out there that's truly independent these days this is one of the few things when you get there you can subscribe through various means you can subscribe through like iheart or apple or stitcher or like whatever your thing is or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for today. I'm really excited about some of the stuff that I'm going to be sending you in the very near future. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.